0: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about when it comes to investing. I think when it comes to money, it should be one of those things we brush up on on a pretty regular basis. If you're brushing up on Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers more than you are brushing up on money, I think you're going to get what you deserve in retirement. You're going to probably be a little bit disappointed, but you'll have great Jimmy G and San Francisco 49ers knowledge. I'm not making fun of sports fans. I think there's a place for it. It's a great uh, break from society. But you have to know a little bit about investing. A little bit more than you do about retirement. A little bit more than what you want to know about taxes, personal finance, wealth creation, how to start a business, insurance. Those are just some of the areas where you have to get good. Now, on top of it, you have to know a little bit about investing in good economies and bad economies. A little bit about retirement. In good economies and bad economies a little bit about personal finance and good economies bad economies i am so embarrassed to say this (laughs) i was looking for things to talk about this weekend on the show this week and one of the things i still do and this is kind of funny you probably I, i i explained to you that i i'm wealthy i've got money i'm in a good position um, and yet I still do some stuff like I dry all my white towels in the sunshine. And another one that I caught myself doing this weekend is, um, laundry with, um, I don't use liquid detergent. I don't use the pods. I use the the soap, the old fashioned powder and that is the cheapest of them all to get the most amount of clean, and I even like I fill up the water, I melt it into it, so I, I feel like I'm doing everything I can. I pre-soak my clothes. Oh, oh, and here's just the cheapest of the cheap. I wash all my clothes on delicate because it's the shortest cycle on my uh, clothes washer, um, and it takes the least amount of time. So it's the least amount of energy. I know you're saying you really are cheap, aren't you? I, I just, I always prepare for this. It's just, it's ingrained in me. I don't do any massive cooking uh, in a stove or drying clothes in the dryer between four and nine p.m. The most expensive time in California to use energy. Little things like that. I'm just, I I feel like my mom used to listen to this craziness. She used to clip her fingernails before she got weighed. That's where I get this from. I think I just put two and two together. She used to clip her fingernails and toenails before she weighed herself. Okay. You hear a lot of talk these days about the word recession. You know, I'm talking about this segment. You got to learn a little bit about investing, a little bit about retirement, a little bit about homes, a little bit about taxes and good economies and bad economies. Let's talk about the bad economy story because inflation's sticky and Disney recently raised its prices. Netflix recently raised its prices. Do we ever expect them to lower their prices? Landlords will lower their prices, but at a very, very slow pace. Auto companies, once they see that you've crossed the $15,000 threshold for a car, they raise prices to 20, then 25, then 30, then 35, then 40. So you get comfortable with the payment and they make the product inside that payment. They try at least. So during a recession, we're still going to have sticky inflation. And you're hearing a lot of analysts say this sticky inflation is going to lead to the infl- uh, recession. Markets tend to pull back. The stock market may even fall into a bear market. This is interesting because the NASDAQ went into a bear market in 2022 and came out of a bear market. Thus, a new bull has been started, which is kind of a wackadoodle thought. But that's in history. Once you go down 20%, once you come 20% off those lows, you're like, hey, you're there. New bull market. I don't know if I believe that. That's too broad for me. Um, so getting ready for a recession, because there's still a lot of talk on wall street that we're not out of this yet. One of the things you should do is get your financial plan up to date. Um, here's my financial planning questions. What am I investing for a short-term goal, like a down payment on a house or something like retirement? How long am I planning to invest? So, a year or two, what's long? What, what's how much longer? What am I invested in? Am I over concentrated in high valuation FANG stocks? Two years ago, I was, yes. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, those are the FANG stocks. I've never owned Netflix, I've owned all the rest. Two years ago, too much of my wealth were in those stocks or other similar growth-type tech stocks, Microsoft, for instance. Um, Sold a house last year, and I started to diversify, much more so than I ever have in my life. So I have to admit it. I have to raise my hand and say there's too much concentration there. Do I do anything about it? It's for me to know and you to find out, right? What do you do if the stock market drops 10%, 20%, 30%? Do you buy, sell, or hold? These are questions that I prepare myself for going into a recession or because there's talks of recession right now. Do I need any money in the near term? I have so much money in my emergency cash. I am tempted to send some of it over to my investments, but I don't. I review my budget on a regular basis. Um, I like that. It drives my spouse crazy when I go, did you spend $277 or... What's this bill for $3,422? And she honestly sits there and goes, oh, let me think about it. All it says is Venmo. Oh, just tell me, who did you Venmo money to? You probably had to Venmo money to someone. $3,427. And she's she's in a brain fog. She'll eventually pull it. But you got to stay on top of your budget. If you're married, I think it makes for a healthier marriage if you can talk about money. If you don't talk about money, I think you're in unhealthy marriage and you're not an adult. I think you're a child. Um, If I had any debt that was spooking me, I have two mortgages right now, three mortgages right now. I would pay down some debt. They're not really spooking me. I'm okay with that. If I were to lose my job and my emergency money in order to drain, then I would consider selling one of the properties. So one thing that I wish I knew earlier in my career was heading into recessions was I should have networked better. I should have learned if in case something goes wrong with a job or a gig, like I worked in CNET radio and they collapsed. Where's my next income for media coming from? I wish I networked better in my youth. I do okay now. I'm Rob Black. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important rob black has partnered with ep wealth advisors are you concerned with financial planning tax planning managing your investments or just planning your retirement rob black has partnered with ep wealth advisors with over 12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm ep has your financial future in mind learn more by visiting robblackshow.com that's robblackshow.com Still com. a quick report card Year to date, the Nasdaq's down 16 percent. The SP 500 down 10 percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 7 percent. It's feeling a little bit better. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying the SP 500 down 20 percent. So it's cut that in half. The Nasdaq was down 28 percent. It's made some real work on cutting their losses down. The Dow never really got out of control. Down 7 percent for the year is not great, but. That comes with the territory. Bitcoin's still down 47% for the year, but it did crack 25K. Worthy of note. Little company called Bed Bath and Beyond. Um a company that used to be a play on housing. Now they're a play on supply chain. Lowe's and Home Depot have handled it better than Best Buy did. Or maybe Best Buy was too discretionary for us. Whereas Home Lows de- uh, and Home Depot, this weekend I painted a patio deck, stained it. I like staining my wood because rainy season tends to do a lot of damage to wood in California if it lingers and doesn't dry. I call that preventative maintenance. To me, the Home Depot or the Lowe's was the winner this weekend versus the Bed Bath & Beyond. So things are interesting right now. We got the climate bill approved over the weekend. I don't like that it's called the Inflation Reduction Act because it doesn't really feel like it's going to cut inflation near term. I love what it's going to do for Medicare in the long term of giving the U.S. government the ability to negotiate prices with pharmaceuticals. And the major pharmaceutical companies can say, screw off, we're not going to give you that for that that price. Or they could say, you know what, we'll take it because it's volume, volume, volume. There are some great perks. What our home is going to look like, gonna be massively different in the next 10, 15 years. President Biden is going to sign the biggest climate bill in history. Um, and it basically is gonna give a lot of subsidies and a lot of incentives to companies to go out and do something. Buildings contribute 12.5% of total US greenhouse gas emissions. You're gonna see buildings being attacked as how can we decarbonize? Trying to push America's 122 million households to become lean, green, clean energy machines—that's part of it. But trying to get our buildings is another part of it. The bill provides about a hundred billion for electrification programs at the neighborhood level. The nonprofit Rewiring America um, group basically is trying to figure out—you know—who the players, the winners, and the losers are. There's a residential clean energy credit. There's rebates for high energy appliances. There's energy efficient home improvement credits. I'm pretty excited about, I don't know if this is the word excited. I'm pretty stoked my kids are going to be consuming a lot less energy than I did. And I consumed a lot less energy than my parents did. Like My furnace is way better of a furnace than my father's. And some of the furnaces today have some really cool features. For instance, you can get a heater that also has an air conditioner tied towards it with a heat pump. You're like, wait, wait, what? And you go, okay, I'm going to go with that. That wasn't an option 10, 15 years ago. And at 10% of the energy use, it's pretty economical. We're going to see rebates for high energy appliances. Low and middle income families will be able to claim rebates of up to $840 for a greener stove or oven, $8,000 for a heat pump for space heating or cooling. I just got a heat pump last year and that pisses me off. Like, That's a pretty big credit. Dang it. You see how that would have worked, right? I do have a water heater that's going to need to be replaced in the next five, 10 years. And if the credit's large enough and the credit expires, I'm going to darn well take a look at it. I will not leave that money on the table. Let's talk about, we talked about the recent rally and the work that the NASDAQ and the Dow have been putting in in the S&P 500. Now let's talk about what we're seeing today. There's some not so good news out of China on their economy and it's causing oil prices to drop. It's good news and bad news. Remember, I don't believe in any right answers. The market selling off in the first half of the year was based on a lot of concerns about a recession in the second half of the year or even into 2023. Those have been set aside as the markets have now bounced off their lows. The treasury market isn't quite convinced that's the case. If you take a look at the treasury market, and the treasury market tends to be a smarter market than the stock market, the treasury market's saying, recession is coming, recession is coming. Ride, ride, Paul, revere. The recession is coming. And when you take a look at the bond market, it's hard to unsee what you see. July retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset investment data out of China were all weaker than expected and softer than the reports from the previous month. It's telling you, moving towards a recession. is too big to ignore. Now, when they see fixed asset investment decline, industrial production decline, retail sales decline, that makes you start looking at the Chinese banks. People's Bank of China unexpectedly cut the one-year medium-term lending facility, trying to stimulate a little bit of activity before they stall into a recession. On this side of the world, the New York Fed's Empire Manufacturing for August registered one of the lowest readings on record, plummeting down thirty-one to a 31.3 reading on new orders, um, anything under 50 is bad, anything over 50 is growth. But I think what I said was one of the lowest readings on record. So and that's the New York region, which let's just think about that for a second. What is the New York region seen in their lifetime? They've seen 9-11. They've been part of the bigger problems like global wars. Um, well, they're not part of that problem, but they've been affected by global wars in economic terms. And this is the lowest reading on record or one of the lowest reading on record? Uh Uh-oh. That's telling me that the economic data and the bond market and the Chinese data are saying, you know, things aren't really great out there. So that market rally from June lows to today, that could be, if you're worried about a recession, a great opportunity to lighten up on the things that got uh, lacked in your portfolio. Maybe it's time to reposition some of those rebound winners into other avenues. I would consult a broker for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show or any strategy like that. I myself tinker with my weightings. I don't look at a, a dead cat bounce or a stock market rally or a bear market rally as, ooh, I'm going to make massive changes. It's just not the way I work. Economic growth concerns are a bigger issue today. Crude oil's down five percent on the news, I believe, out of China of weak economic data. So crude's under ninety dollars a barrel. That's fascinating. Cause I think crude could work really well in the US between sixty and eighty. Sixty it's a little too low, eighty is a little bit too, too high. And now we're starting to get pretty close to that, that eighty, aren't we? And what's that tell you? Slower economic growth. And that's not exactly what we want. Uh, there's no right answers. There's just compromises. Anyhow, and anyway, we're off. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, to more. Find me online at Rob Black's Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Contact me, Rob, at robblackshow.com. Um, I work with a financial planner. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So people are flooding me with questions on Inflation Reduction Act. What's it mean for me, 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 me? It's a lot to process. And we may have to take it one chunk at a time, like what the healthcare aspects of it do versus the energy savings. It's an ambitious climate spending package. One of the things that I like about it is it should lower the consumer's electricity bill. Or energy bill, but it should also incentivize them to go out and spend money on new product, which should help the economy, replacing old and efficient water heaters with new efficient water heaters and getting a tax credit along the way. And then suddenly your tax, your, your bill every month for heating your home's water is way less. The package would pump $369 billion into measures to fight climate change, boost energy security and lower electricity costs for consumers. You're starting to do the math that the average household would save somewhere between $170 and $220 a year in electricity. I can tell you that I put a $40,000 solar system on my home. It's probably more like $45,000. And already after one year, I'm seeing savings of $700 a month. Um, I've changed the way I consume energy. So the payback time on this for me, what is it going to be? 8,000 a year, five years, six years, but opportunity cost in the market for sure. Um, don't know how that we're going to work on maintenance. Don't know how we're going to work with some 25-year-old solar panels that are on roofs today that are inefficient compared to the ones in the past, uh, the new ones. How do we dispose of those without causing terrible, terrible waste? Um, don't know. All I can tell you is that the average family saving one hundred seventy to two hundred twenty dollars a year—that's a total of two hundred nine billion, um, two hundred seventy-eight billion over the next decade, and that money will be spent as either investments in retirement or let's go buy a go on a sweet vacation, honey. That helps the economy in another way. Now, this is where it gets to the point where I can't really talk about it very much. The $7,500 tax credit for new vehicles. This comes across as wonky. Yeah, so you get $7,500 if you buy a new clean vehicle. Should be wonderful. Should be easy. That's available through the year 2032. But you don't qualify if you make over $150,000 or $300,000 combined as a couple. That sucks. Then you get the vehicle price requirements. You don't qualify for the tax break if the van, sport utility vehicle, or pickup truck costs more than $80,000. There's a $55,000 sticker price limit. So you're going to see the auto companies really tinker with a car under $80,000, maybe $79,999. The average sticker price for a new electric vehicle is about $67,000. Thousand dollars, roughly nineteen thousand dollars more than the industry average for new vehicles. So when you do get an electric vehicle and you do get a tax break on it, you're still paying nineteen thousand dollars more than going with a gasoline-powered one. So there's going to have to be a payback time on the electricity. People are starting to ask me if owning an electric vehicle. I once said that, you know. I buy two-year-old used vehicles. That's gas-powered. With electric, I haven't really put the thought into what I buy used, but there's going to be a $4,000 credit for buying used electric vehicles. That would be 30% off the sale price, or $4,000 or 30% of the sale price. That's interesting. Again, I think this is a more... uh, I like this congressional spending more than I like other congressional spending. As Again, it's going to help a sector with a lot of investment dollars coming in to service the demands and wants that come out of the, the act. It's also going to lower people's bills, but it so there's, I like tax credit use a little bit more so than say, here's a check for not working this year. I know, or I'm not going to get into the social debate on welfare. I had a welfare teacher in college and he actually worked for the carter administration and he gave me an a when in my presentation that the groups we all had to break down in groups and talk about you know uh, we had to give presentations on you know welfare programs and how they should be set up with job creation and situations like that and I didn't really attend the class much. I was into visiting Australia and other countries and while I was going to college, and that wasn't always the best thing to do. And uh, my presentation is that... And see, the groups broke down into like Republicans and Democrats, and in college years, it's just really silly, because you're not really a very well-thought-out human being, and yet you have these really hard stances. So I got up to give my presentation. I go, there's no right answer. It's just a bunch of compromise. And he gave me an A for that. He's like, that's right. Because a person on welfare in West Virginia is totally different than a person on welfare in California. And people welfare on welfare in West Virginia, they may be from coal towns. A job program, probably not going to help. person in LA may be on welfare because they've had six or seven kids and they get more money the more kids they have. You're like, what? So anyhow... for electric, used electric vehicles. There's so many qualifiers on this. It's going to be impossible for me to do on radio. So, for instance, if you make over $150,000 for married couples or $75,000 is single, you no longer qualify for that $4,000 used vehicle, electric vehicle credit. And the price can't be over $25,000. So, they don't want people getting luxury electric vehicles taking the tax credit for either new or used. You get 30% tax credit for solar panels and wind energy. Homeowners can also get tax breaks to defray the cost of various clean energy and efficiency-related projects. I think 30% tax credit is pretty sweet. Again, I got some tax credits not that high. Mine were the state of California. Now, the tax credit only lasts until 2032, and then it starts falling in 2033. And 2034, from down to 26%, down to 22%. So there's going to be a teeter-totter of when should you do this. You basically have 10 years to get the 30%. Will Republicans come in and cancel this act? I don't know. You can get up to $2,000 a year for home efficiency projects. That's attractive. Um. I like the way it's being set up as the most generous rebates are for those that need it the most. I think that is when government works best, when it help, helps the most people. But high-efficiency high, in, high efficiency electric home rebate programs, you're going to see these really, really slick marketed. Home Depot and Lowe's going to be pushing uh, heat pumps, uh, space heating, cooling, electric heat pumps, clothes dryers. They're going to be pushing what they can. And again, energy efficiency means the stores will do the retail business, the service people will come in and install it for us, and they'll get business, and then you and I get cheaper bills for the prolonged term, which is attractive. It's not an easy bill to explain on air, um, and it'll make more sense as it gets further into law. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Roblox Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whiff, this is The Rob Black Show. Again, I like to brush up on strategy and hints, tips, and tricks. It helps me. And if you ever have a great one, let me know. Don't say eat cat food. Don't say eat spam. But I'm always looking for ways to save money. Very interesting in my marriage that one person eats leftovers and the other one won't even look at them. Guess who's the richer of the two, <laughs> right? Um, this is so funny. I had a friend in college that I don't know why she told me this. I don't know if she's drunk. I just I don't know if she's silly, but it was such a unflattering portrayal of her image of women in society. She's 18, 19 years old. She goes, I just want to get married. I just want to get married. <laughs> or she's talking about dating. She's like, I just want to go on a date with a different guy five days a week go to a different restaurant and bring home a doggy bag. I'm like, well, that's pretty graphic. She wanted to date so she could get free meals and bring home leftovers. And I was like, wow, this is going to end badly for her. And it it tells you kind of how society was 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? And how, doesn't it sound offensive today? Inflation is something we're learning about. And my friend, she may be well-fed. She may be well-loved. But inflation is going to be a problem. Food's getting more expensive. The return on investment of taking a pretty lady out to dinner is a cost of inflation, right? Dating's more expensive today than it was five years ago. How's inflation adjusting your wallet? Let me give you a couple ways where I want to show you where inflation is hitting you and you may not even know it. We all know about gasoline prices. I'm not going to talk about gasoline prices. We know that we have less money in our pockets if we're putting the same amount of liquid gasoline into our vehicles and it costs more. Some people are reducing their 401k contributions. Anytime you stop contributing to a retirement plan, you rob yourself of the initial savings and future gains that that money could make in the future. In 2022, the first half of the year was really, really, really bad. Then came a market rally. So everything that you put in in the first half of 2022, you probably lost 5%, 10%, 15%, 20% in that first rough six-month period. But then everything you put in at the bottom area that was already down 20% from all-time highs started to bounce back and you were gaining 10%, 15%, 20%. In a year where the market was down, still 10%. I'm just talking about one small period of time to give you an example of wealthy people get wealthier by buying when opportunity knocks. Lower prices is a good thing in your 401k for your 401k if you're not going to retire today. If you're going to retire this year, next year, you better have a better plan than that. So, some people go from saving 15% to cutting down to 5%, 10%, whatever. And that's a huge mistake. I've wanted to do it when the market's down. Another mistake, if we're to say how inflation impacts you, is investing less outside your 401k. It is so easy now with some of the robo advisors, like, I use uh, uh, a robo called Acorns. The reason I use it is because I recommended it on air, and I kind of wanted to see how it was. I wanted to really get a good test out of it. I'm not crazy about it. Their choices are how aggressive do you want to be? A little bit? Some? A lot? Crazy. Still too many bonds in the crazy, but I get it. It's a really, really nice robo advisor. And it's not set up to my 401k. I do my roundups of my credit cards through acorns. And I don't mind keeping that there. But if on every Friday I I choose to additionally invest 100, 200, 300, $400, whatever, that's the first area that I'm going to cut back on if I'm feeling recession nervous or stock market jittery. It's going down too much. And that's the time I should be putting more in, not less. Another way that inflation's hurting you is saving less in our emergency funds. 20% of respondents to a recent survey said that they've dipped into their emergency fund or they're no longer funding it for one day when there's an expensive medical procedure or leaky roof. When inflation pushes you to the edge of your budget and beyond, an emergency fund takes a backseat to financial survival. I get it. When your rent goes from 2000 to $3,000 in three years and your your income from your job doesn't, I get your, there's only so much money to go around. But that's how inflation hurts you. You pay off less debt is another way. Inflation is infecting their ability to pay off your debt or service your debt. 21% of people say that's true. The best way to improve your financial future is to get rid of expensive debts. If you've been carrying debt at 15% interest and decide to pay it off, you're essentially getting a 15% return while we'll plugging a major hole in your leaky finances. One of my very best friends, two of my friends, uh, I'll even throw in my spouse on this one, two of my best friends. I have credit card debt, and it shocks me. My own spouse carries some credit card debt at very high rates, and I'm like, "Um, you know you can leave a little cash in and pay that off, and she just doesn't care. It's massive underperformance. Um, I've got a friend, male friend, who has put groceries on the credit card. I'm like, that's not really what you're supposed to use that for. And he carries the balance in the tougher months. Now, he's kind of a guy who fixes his, his credit card issues every when, when they linger for three months. When there's three months, he's, he's paying an extra $200, 300 $400 for something that's, that's already long gone. I don't like that. So the ways that inflation hit people aren't always what you think. You spend more in general. Not being able to pay off your debts is bad, but the situation becomes infinitely worse when you also end up spending more and possibly adding to your debts. You got to find things to cut from your budget. And again, I used an example early, early in the show about liquid detergent versus the uh, um, powder detergent. I use powder because it's cheaper. Um, and I wash my clothes on delicate because it uses less energy and it also destroys my clothes less. One of the more controversial things I once brought up on the air is one of the CEOs of um, a jeans company, publicly traded denim company, Levi's. He said, You should never wash your jeans. He's like, he Never put your jeans in a laundry machine? Uh huh. He says, You could dry them if you need to stretch them back, if you need to shrink them back down a little bit but they should be spot-washed only. I'm like, okay, I like this guy. How about the smell? <laughs> like, There's some issues there, right? But some people won't wash their jeans, and I I, I dig that. If it's financially intended, I dig it. If, if it's intended for style, I, that's cool too. I don't know style. Ways that inflation affect your spending? You buy cheaper products. When money, get tight, when money gets tight, you get more creative. If you can't afford the rising prices of groceries, you start exploring alternative ideas on how to feed yourself. Um, I've always been a type of person that repurposes food into leftovers. Uh, I've never been the type of person to say, you know what, I can go back to ramen noodles. Uh, yeah, did I do the ramen noodles in college? Yes, I did. Five packs for a buck. Did I do that? And that counted as a meal for a good part of my life <laughs> in college years? Yes. Um, didn't always do it. But you can eat cheap if you have to. It's just not gonna be great for your body in the long term and you'll pay for it later. Due to inflation, people save less in general. One third of respondents say that their financial habits, you know, really focus more on getting by day by day versus saving. One third of the Americans. Simply have decided that in the face of higher prices, they can't save as much. And it's a heartbreaking reality. One area that I like about inflation, and I try to do this myself, is it really makes me make fewer purchases. I'll give you an example that is egregious. Um, in different ways. I know a financial planner who spends his money on things like jet skis. I like spending my money on things like concert experiences. I'm not as sporty. He's more sporty. We're very different people. But the concert experiences become very expensive post-COVID. So instead of going to one major concert a month, I'm cutting it down to probably two a year and trying to find some more reasonable up-and-coming bands, you see, for entertainment. Um uh, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to you, but ticket prices for a big event are out of control. It makes you wonder should you invest in Ticketmaster for the long term? Possibly. I could see competition coming in because artists get really sick and tired, and I could see blockchain really helping the ticket industry a lot. But I've adjusted how many purchases I make. I'm doing fewer entertainment purchases, especially the bigger ones. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.